What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on the Simply Human podcast. Sure, I'd love to. Let me back up a little bit. Yes. Um, to when I was still a kid, because it's gonna it's gonna bear on the story. So when I was a kid, my mom had pretty much dressed me in this dress that was too tight, <laughs> too itchy. The collar was way up high, which I guess would be kind of like a too tight tie or something. The Rick's mom the skirt, did that to him as well. He has a whole tight dress story. <laughs> Be like, hey, that's Mark's life story. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode 177 of the Simply Human podcast with your host, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's Evan DeMarco. That's a that's a fascinating name. Evan DeMarco. It sounds like I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's not fascinating, but what's particularly fascinating? It's just Evan DeMarco. It's just like uh, it sounds like he's gonna be famous. Like he had no choice but to be famous. That's a pretty good name. That is a pretty legitimate, like solid name. Nothing like, against people who've been on the show who we haven't, you know, lauded about right. their names, but that's a good name. Well I'll tell you this. Like my name, for instance. There's a flaw in my name. There's, oh, I know what the flaw is. What? <laughs> <laughs> Because there's two ways to spell your last name, and you used to oh. get called Mark Rogers, no D. Well, there's... <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. There's two things. There's two things wrong with my name. <laughs> that being the first one, the second one is it's too it's R heavy. Mark Rogers. It's it doesn't it doesn't flow off the you tongue. Maybe I think you may be thinking a little bit. Too, no, it too doesn't much. flow off the tongue. Like my my son and my middle name, Hunter Hunter Rogers. That's okay because the the Hunter Rogers just goes together. Uh, I think Mark, Mark Rogers. There's too many R's. That's what it sounds like when you say my name. If anyone does that in public, like I look around because I think they're saying my name. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Well, all right. Evan Demarco is a sports medicine and nutrition <laughs> expert, <laughs> published author, public speaker, frequent guest on television, radio, digital platforms such as podcasts. And uh, we're going to talk to him about brain stuff, and it's going to be super um, uh, interesting. Rick. Well, that's a bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Very generic. Um, 
I have some bad news for you, Rick. I know. Fat Rudy is dead. My beagle. Let's get a moment of silence for Rudy. Paul and uh, that Dallas. is enough. That is enough. <laughs> silence. All right. So, is there a story behind yeah. this? Or and this is like, and I wanted to throw this past you because, like, you don't really realize it's like before you have kids. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you don't understand. Like, like you don't understand True. as a non-parent, like nap times. You go into a kid's nap time when you don't have a nap time, and you 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 could wake them up from their nap to tell them goodbye if you're leaving. And that's not a big deal to you. Man, we used to guard nap time. Oh. Like we were in charge of right. Fort Knox. Yeah. So it's uh, it, you know, that kind of thing, right? And so, like, here's another kind of uh, bring bring it on down now. Like, you know, when you hear about like a a, a woman or a wife of a of a husband having a miscarriage or something, before you've gone through that, it's like, what's the big deal? It's like you didn't know the baby. It's not. How can that be a big deal? It's just like you were pregnant and you're not big deal. But when you go through that, it sucks. And that's kind of yeah, that like that empathy different. thing. You know, it's like it's good. It's like for as a as a human race, we're designed to like you know be empathetic and like understand. And so there's people that understand when I tell them that I'd put my dog to sleep, and then there's people that are just like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Like they've there's never, a dog. yeah, they've never had to do that. And and I've made jokes and on this podcast. I've made jokes about Rudy, and he's just he he's <laughs> he wheezes yeah. and coughs, and he's got these fat tumors all over him. But here's the thing: I picked Rudy out of a litter 13 years ago. And and I loved that little puppy, and he slept with us in our bed for a long time, and we trained him, and we walked him, and we had this leash, this leather leash that we bought before we ever even got him, like before we, we knew he, he, we were going to get him. We bought this leash for when he came home, and we had all these training books and his little bowl and like the whole thing, you know? And yeah. so, so all of those memories, A, come flooding back as you're like going through this. And then B, there's this very like weird balance between okay there's two different scenarios here you can wait until the dog well there's three scenarios you can wait until the dog just dies in your house okay that's scenario one scenario two is you let the dog get so deteriorated that it can't see it can't hear it's lost it's its brain is fried doesn't know where it is it can't walk it loses its bowels in the house like bill is a good example i think of that wouldn't you say Bill, yeah. Uh, growing up, we had a dog named Bill, and he was very old. Billy was his actual name, but like, uh, he was very, very old, and he got to the point where like he just had his quality of life yeah. was just nothing. He slept all day and would crap in the floor while he's asleep, <laughs> and it was just he was very he got very pathetic. Right. But my parents couldn't bring themselves to putting him to sleep, right. so he actually died in our house the night before I took. The SATs. Oh, we've talked about that on the show before. We have, yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. So there's that scenario, and I've seen that. Bill is Billy is one example in my in my life that's in my like brain as I'm remembering this thing. Jen's parents d- d- do the same thing. Like they will keep dogs alive way past when like you would normally think they should be alive, and then like something terrible happens, and they're like suffocating or they're bleeding or something. Or yeah. you you take them in like kind of right on the right on the beginning of that stage, but so the, the but the problem there is so so you either feel guilty about letting them suffer for so long, or you feel guilty about is it the right time that I do it too yeah. early? And that was yeah. that's kind of what we did. Like he, 
you know, he was really like hard. It was hard to get him going in the morning. You could tell he was like kind of, in, you know, just like his joints were just old and creaky. He was up a lot of nights, kept keeping us away, coughing and stuff. He would go outside and bay, like howl at nothing. He's, he was totally deaf. He could barely see, but he was still like, you know, in the middle of the day, he's up and around and he's wagging his tail and he's, he's. Uh, I don't think you did it uh, too early. Okay. I feel like that's a pretty good. Yeah, well, see, it's just like, so I, when I'm taking him, driving him to the vet with that leather leash that we got for him as a puppy, you know, like I took him in that. And and he's like sitting up in the truck, just looking out like he always does, you know, looking out and around and all this stuff. And when I start crying, like as we're as I'm like as I leave the house, and I cry the whole way to the stupid vet. And then the whole vet experience—I won't go into details—but you're basically holding the dog while he's oh. being injected with this pink stuff into this port that they put in, and you just feel him go limp, and then just kind of put his head, and then. They're like, and I'm just like, I can't. I wish I had recorded it to hear the. M- I'm glad you didn't. You, well, not like, crap. not like the video, like, <laughs> like the audio. I'm like, I can't even imagine. I the, don't want to hear the that noises either. I was making. Ugh. And then they, you know they check to make sure the hearts is is stopped, and they leave the room, and they like leave you with him. And so I'm just like there with this with my dog, and he's like dead on the table. Oh man, I tell you what, I even like. I was I was dreading it, but I I did not know how awful it was going to be. And then I left, and this stupid Coldplay song was on when I got in the car, which like made it even worse. This like sad Coldplay song, and I'm just a total wreck. And I even you know, that that was Thursday, and this is Monday, so it's been like four days, and I'm still like every time I have like a just a second to think, you know, a second to myself, and I just kind of get this sick feeling. Like, did he think I was like we were going on a walk? He saw his leash, and he was like, oh. Oh, good. A walk, you know, just like, uh, so there's, I have, so, a, pra- I have a practical question. Okay. Uh, at, tell me if I'm out of line with this. No, you're not. Oh, uh, much just something like that run you? Uh, I think it's going to be like 50 or 60 bucks. And then of course they were like, go, we'll invoice you. You know, like they're not going to make you sit there and pay. I was in like this terrible mess. Now it, it is $200 for a dog, his size. He's about 50 pounds. Very overweight for a beagle, and two hundred dollars for the ashes, like his cremains, right? Okay. But here, but here, but listen to this. It's like this is what I decided on that. I was like, how do I know that they don't just go back to like the barbecue grill and scoop up a bunch of charcoal ashes, throw some teeth in, and say, "Here's your dog. Here, where's the? Here's two hundred dollars." I'm not like. So I feel like maybe keeping the dead dog's ashes around is uh, a little weird. So. I mean, maybe maybe not. I, I mean, I, I have never – we have like – my parents live on a farm. It's been a you know, family property. It's been in our family, blah, blah, blah. So they built a right. house out there. My dad retired. And they have like – and it sounds very creepy, but like a little dog graveyard. Yeah, that's how my parents – my in-laws, uh, yeah. My, uh, the dog that I had, Ron, he, uh, he went to go live with my parents because we had very young kids. They were still real little, and they would uh, unknowingly like step on a foot or pull a tail, and he was too old for that. So he went to go live with them. They had they put him down, and he's buried there. Uh, my brother, his old dog, him and his wife's old dog, Cookie, he was buried there. Uh, and then they had a dog, Buddy. He was a huge uh, jerk. He was a terrible dog. Uh, they loved him, but I hated that dog, and he's buried there too. So we don't have that. We just, hey, just... Uh, 
put him put him in a to go put him in a doggy bag and <laughs> well, uh, we'll take him out to the farm and bury him. So this is terrible. So I'm like imagining like obviously this didn't happen, but in some bizarro world, you're like, okay, yes, sir, we'll we'll bill you there. Okay, is he gone? Okay, he's gone. And they just like go and like grab him and just like take him out into the dumpster out back, just like throw him into the back of the dumpster. Just uh, they they, <laughs> they just have like a. Two legs in each hand, and they just swing him <laughs> into there to the dumpster, <laughs> or just like push him down like the street gutter. Just like okay, he's gone. But anyway, well, so... I want to say this: I, uh, I'm, so, uh, I am very, I'm very much an animal person. I uh, very, very attached to my dog Yoda. Yeah. So I will say this: I, I do. I have never had to take a dog to the vet to put them down. I can't imagine what that's going to be like. But I do. I, I'm, I've, I. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry that you lost a dog. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And, and you know, it's uh, it was 10 times worse than I ever thought it would be. And here's the other part. So then I get home, and we have another dog. We have Roger, who's 10, the beagle. And he's like, where, where'd, you do with, where'd you do with Rudy? Like, where, where's my the only friend I've, I've ever had? My only, you know, it's like my 10 years of my life. Uh <laughs> I've had this this dog with me, and now where he's gone, and and so now we're just like over the top, giving Rudy or Roger attention, and the kids are playing with him like all this all like so much more, and like training him and like taking him on walks. It's almost he's like guys, he's getting, he's getting real tired. Yeah, of he's, he's like, like back off, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ten years old. <laughs> like good grief. Well, here's kind of an interesting thing. Roger always sleeps in this kennel. They but they both have like they share a kennel. And 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 Roger sleeps in it uh, every night with the door open. He just goes in it like when he's ready to go to bed. And Rudy would sleep like next on the floor next to my bed. Like like when I would wake up in the morning, like get up in the middle of the night or something. Like I would have to like I and I still do that. The last four mornings that I've woken up, I've had I've like I had to catch myself like oh I don't have to like watch out for Rudy. You know like he's gone. You know well that that night the Thursday night that he died. Roger slept the whole night in Rudy's spot, and that's but that and that was the only night that he's done that. Every other night he's gone back to his kennel, but that night the whole night he slept in Rudy's spot. Isn't that weird? It's weird. It's like he knew. That's sad. I know. It's like where the red fern grows, and he's like in here. He's in my feet right I now. Haven't, I never read it. And it's going to be ten times worse with Roger because Roger is like the super affectionate dog. He's the one when I come home, he's like like he like cries and whines when he sees me. And That's how he, Yoda is. Yeah, Yoda. To, his favorite time of the day is when uh, my alarm goes off in the morning <laughs> because then he like gets on me and just starts, yeah, like just very affectionate. My yeah, he's he's a licker. You know, he licks your face, and he's just very. Uh, very affectionate, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this it's gonna be even worse. And I will say this too: I'm standing on a platform right now, saying, I will never, after Roger, I will never own another dog. Really, really. Why? And I've been a dog. I just I can't do that anymore. I can't do that again. It's not worth it. Yeah, I hear you. That sucks. Gosh, dang it! There was something else I was gonna tell you that was funny, and now I can't remember. Dang it! Um, did we talk about the bug assault gun? Yes, we did. Last okay, time. I got it. And it's incredible. How is it? It's incredible, dude. It's so fun. I could just kill a scorpion with it on my back porch. Eh. Now listen, flies... Will... Scorpion on your back porch? Oh, all the, they're everywhere out here. And they're not like the huge like six-foot scorpions. They're these like tiny little things. But, but a, they will kill a fly. A wasp, it will stun a wasp, and then you just have to step on it. But it will stun it. 
hate wasps. God, there was something else I was. We were just talking about, and I thought, oh, that's going to be funny to tell him. And now I can't remember. Ah, uh, well, it's eight thirty. We should probably uh, call uh, Evan. Um, I I thought that hey, Evan, we've been talking about dead dogs. Yeah. Oh man, isn't that isn't this been fun? We're in a great mood. Um, uh-huh. we're about to call you, and we'll be recording. <laughs> Um, man, I can't believe I can't remember um, what I was going to say. Uh, I learned all the presidents. All right. Remember how uh, we had that conversation about... 20 seconds. Ooh. 20 seconds. Oh, do them all in 20 seconds? No, no. Who is the 22nd president? Oh, Grover Cleveland. Hang on. He was also the 24th. I'm not looking at these up, I promise. Hang on. Okay. List of... American residents. Okay, here we go. I'm ready. My so list. You said what? Grover Cleveland? Mm-hmm. Let me see. He was also the 24th president. God, Wikipedia, just give me the list. I don't want to read. <sighs> 22 was? How did you know that? Ask me anyway. I'm right there when you've got that. Uh, 16th. Uh, that's easy, Abraham Lincoln. Oh no! What if I double? I think I might have double booked because Doctor David Friedman is calling me too. <laughs> oh, God. Pause this recording for you to fix this, idiot. So you got any more presidents for me? Uh, if I give you the president's name, can you? I tell can. Me I what could. I could. Place? It could go either way. Yeah. Okay. How about Chester A. Arthur? Twenty-one. How did you know? Okay. Did you just learn all this? Yeah. Why? Because I feel like the brain isn't being used. I want and I want to talk to Evan about this. Oh, Mark. We got to use our brains, people. Fourteen. Uh, Franklin Pierce. Hmm. Related to George H. W. Bush. Oh yeah, I guess you knew that. William Henry Harrison. Uh, nine. He served in office for thirty days. Is that the one who got sick? Yeah, uh, at the inauguration. The inauguration. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Inaugurated March fourth. Died uh, literally a- one April month 4th. later. Yep. Hmm. I right, do two more. Do a lot of... Okay. Uh, Thirty-one. Thirty-one was Herbert Hoover. It was. And. Trying to find one and pick somebody very obscure. Yeah. William Henry Harrison. You just said that one. That's I've nine. Done that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I was just looking at pictures of old white guys. <laughs> That's pretty much. Um, <laughs> Rutherford B. Hayes. 19. That is strange. Okay, let's add Evan as a call. We can talk about this. Evan Steer. There he is. We did it. Evan, this is Mark. It's going great. And uh, my co-host, Rick, is also on the call. Hi, Evan. It's nice to meet you. Thank you very much for giving us some of your time tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, so very quickly, we've done uh, a little bit of an intro before we called you, but we are uh, in the middle of doing something. I am, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I am under, under the, is my opinion, that the human brain is being outsourced Kids don't know how to like how to how to. They don't know where direction north is. They don't know stuff because it's all on their phone, and so the brain's not being used. And I feel like it's atrophying our brain. And so I learned all the presidents, 
I know every Heisman Trophy winner, but that's something that I've known for years and years and years. So I learned all the presidents today, and I was having Rick quiz me. Is that something good to do? Memorize stuff, learn stuff, using your brain? What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. You know, uh, <clears throat> it's just like any muscle, right? Uh, if you don't use it, it's going to atrophy. And and the problem is, is that when we look back at kind of, I mean, God, even, I don't know how old you guys are, but when I was growing up, you had to know things, playing trivial games, you know, yeah. just having data. Now we've all gone to that place, not just kids, but all of us where like, oh, we just Google it, right? You right. Know, we no longer are forced to actually retain data and to think kind of not uh, not just in terms of, you know, how do we solve problems, but to recall that information. And that recall is really kind of an important part of our brain health. Yeah. So, Rick, Rick, do you have any more that you wanted to, to shoot past me or are we done with that game? Uh, no, I, I feel like I believe you. Okay. You know, the, uh, remember, rote memorization is the reason that I dropped the hardest college class I ever took, which oddly enough was geography because <laughs> the tests were they would give you a blank map of like the European continent. And you had to fill it in. Every country, every capital, every river. Every, and I was like, ah, screw this. I'm out of here. So I dropped it before the midterm. So, uh, Because I was definitely going to fail that. And I was legitimately trying at that. So maybe oh, I should have worked on my here's brain. Here's the devil's advocate argument to this, right, right guys, is – does that really have any bearing on your life you know, right, right. now? That's right. one of those things where memorizing the geography of Europe, memorizing capitals, memorizing rivers, does that have any impact on your life right now unless you're like at some drunken trivia night at a bar? Um, Talk slower. You know, and someone asks you like, you know, what river flows through, you know, whatever. But uh, uh, yeah, it, it really becomes one of those things. It's like, is that the information that we should be pumping into our kids' brains or our brains or should we be looking at more critical thinking right. and how do we exercise our brains so that critical thinking becomes a component of our daily health and wellness? Right. So the, the book Brain Rules um, – Oh, good grief. Who wrote the book Brain Rules? But anyway, the, the, he, Man, your brain's on fire. Uh, I know, exactly. <laughs> See, that's one piece of information with all your uh, presidential <laughs> memorization. Way to go. That's the thing. Um, but, but he has the, um, the brain envelope, is what he, what he calls. And it's like, the, these, like your, your brain has to be doing these things uh, in order for it to function at its highest uh, its highest capacity, and let's see if I can. I will remember this. This is from memory. So, our brains are designed to solve problems relating to survival in an outdoor, unstable environment, and to do so in nearly constant motion. And so, and that's, and you think about all of those components of like our how our brains like were designed to function. If they're not functioning that way. Like they're like it doesn't matter what like okay memorizing the presidents or memorizing the rivers of Europe isn't like necessarily gonna gonna you know it maybe not improve your life but it's gonna like make your brain healthier and happier it's like the the analogy I like to use like when when we don't use our bodies like they're designed like we're designed to hang and to pull and to like be strong and like and I use Instagram to like watch people fall like wicked slams and all fails and, and like drunk people doing things. And there is like, there is an endless like strain of videos of people on rope swings. Have you, you you know what I'm talking about? And, and as soon as they, as soon as their body weight hits their hands, what, what happens? They fall, they fall and just completely crash on the rocks. And that's kind of the same thing. Like, okay, what is like, Okay, what are pull-ups? You know, what are they going to do for me? Like, you know, for my health, I can I can get strong in other ways, but if you can't hold up your body weight, like 
that there are other consequences. Like you're just going to like fall and, and like backbend over the side of the pool instead of like making it to the water. So what, what, yeah, what are your thoughts on all that? Well, you know, it's funny. I was, uh, I competed in the tough mutter in Lake Tahoe this last weekend Sweet. and one of the, uh, the, the monkey bar one, you know, where you, you kind of monkey bar up the inverted, uh, monkey bars and then you have to jump to like the, the circular, uh, Ooh. monkey bar that kind of swings and then grab another one and then, you know, eventually jump, you know, and, and I'm sitting there watching people and there must've been like a hundred, 150 people in a row, you know, get on the monkey bars, splash into the water, get right. on the monkey bars, splash into the water. And I'm like, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We were designed to, to be able to do things like that. And, and look, I love bench presses as much as the next guy, but bench press, when in nature do you bench press? Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like unless a tree falls on you, every every other exercise that we do, you know, squats, deadlifting, pull-ups, all of these body weight exercises, or you know, now Olympic kind of weight exercises, have an inherent benefit based off of the way that we're made. Then we get and we do bench presses. Like, okay, that's cool. Uh, you can say I bench press a certain amount of weight. Right. But yeah, it's just perfect example is that tough mutter, just watching people fall yeah. into the water. Like, all right. Right. And yeah, it's like, um, uh, you know, somebody asked me, you know, recently, what, the, what, what is like a, the, a, just a good sport to do? And it's like, we don't have a rock climbing gym where I live, but if I, there was one, I would rock climb because you think about like, it's like using the body as it's designed to be used, like, ah, go rock climbing. Like that's like the most like epic or like swimming or th- something like that, that uses your whole body. That's like out in nature. You don't need like, you know, like I like to lift weights is just cause I enjoy it. But there are no like perfectly symmetrical weights and these bars that are like perfectly fit in my little hands, you know, like that's not like, that's not real life. Um, I enjoy that, but there are no like, you know, if I'm going to lift a tree, I'm not like, can we whittle this down to like the size of an Olympic bar with the knurling and the thing so I can like reach down and lift this up and this is not level ground. So like that whole idea of chaotic uh, exercise or movement, I think is so important, uh, not just for your body, but for your brain. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And, and you really talk about like nerve conduction velocity and that mind muscle piece. It's, uh, you know, I, that's why running, I think, is kind of ridiculous. And running to me is bad for your brain. It's, there's no, you're not thinking, you're not using dynamic movements, you're not engaging your brain to use specific parts of your body. So it becomes that. You just become a, a, a gerbil on a treadmill, yes. uh, a gerbil on a wheel. And it's, yeah, and not to mention all the oxidative stress that I think running puts on your body. Yeah. But that's just one of those. If I want my brain to be active, I've got to do exactly what you talked about: is incorporate exercise that forces me to use your brain. Climbing is a perfect example. I have to think about what I'm doing right. so I don't die. Right. Um, you have to be intentional. You have to be present. You don't have to be yeah. present when you're running. Uh, and that is no lie. When I was training to do that marathon, uh, I listened to a ton of podcasts. And the reason why is because it would give me something to think about right. while I was running. Because you don't have to think about running. You just run. Right. And that's it. And so I was like, man, I got to have something to, something to occupy my mind. This right. is so horribly boring. Yeah. And, the, you know, like the, the, a good example of this that I've sort of experienced recently, Rick, get ready. I'm about to uh, mention mountain biking. Shut up. He, Evan, oh, he makes fun wait. of me for mentioning mountain biking like every 10 seconds. But I, I, was, <laughs> I did road biking. I did many years and uh, many miles on a road, on a road bike. And in the last couple of years, I've been mountain biking. And the, big, the biggest difference is when you've ridden on a road, you've, you've experienced that that experience that's it there's never like a variation on it it's like it's like running you're just like looking down at the road and just pedaling in a very linear motion using like just a few joints of your body mountain biking 
you can't like you it's like you you can't think about anything if you if you like think about something you're gonna hit a rock and go over your handlebars and like break your arm like you it's just like with rock climbing you gotta be present you're using like your arms your core like you're, you're it's not linear like it's different every time there could be a big wind that night before and there's a big there's a big log or there's snakes out there you know it's like you've just got to be on your toes and I think that kind of thing or, that's why or a cactus patch Mark I crashed into a cactus and pinned my eye shut with a cactus knee. Uh, which oh. is a horrible experience, but uh, hey, <laughs> so I, 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 I still got one good eye, um, but uh, just kidding, I have both my eyes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just, I think like, that's why like on my movement period pyramid, when I work with people, walk slash play is like the bottom of the movement pyramid. Like if you only have like time to move like 30 minutes is all you've got. You need to either walk or play or some combination. Do something that you enjoy doing and don't like spin that. Well, I only have 30 minutes to work out. I guess I got to do the elliptical for 30 minutes. Like, boo, that's terrible. Yeah. But hey, yeah, Evan, we, I, I we, think, uh, oh, sorry, we in this profession have a uh, responsibility to find whoever came up with this idea that 10,000 steps somehow is like exercise yeah. and just 40 lashes with a wet noodle. Punch Something them in the face. To penalize that as this benchmark for right. what we all need to be, you know, attaining. It's like that, that's what we should be doing anyway, but you need to be getting your heart rate up consistently and, and right. you know, make that the, the benchmark, not 10,000 steps. So, Evan, before we get any further, we've already had you on for like 10 minutes. Like, tell us your story. Like, what's your background? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's a good one. So, uh, I'll give you the quick and dirty. Okay. Um, I was an investment banker for years. Um, and hated every single minute of it. Uh, you know, I, I kind of grew up with this idea that I wanted to wear a three-piece suit and, uh, you know, sit in an office yeah. and look at computers and sign paperwork. And once I finally got that, I'm like, this freaking sucks. <laughs> uh, you know, like part of my soul died every time I had to tie a tie. Right. Uh, and, and coming from a big sports background, uh, you know, playing, you know, minor league ball, being a professional boxer, you know, just really having sports and health and wellness be a foundational aspect of my whole life. I'm like, I got to get out and do that again. So I had an opportunity to uh, run a uh, run a sports nutrition company after uh, kind of after the mortgage meltdown. Um, and I was doing it more on the business development side because that's where my uh, my skill set was. But I really loved this product development piece. I just didn't have the background to really be effective in that. So went back to school, started studying all the the biochem, the organic chem, all of the things that I really needed to understand the biology of what I was talking about. So I'd go to school at night and then take all of my notes from school into the lab in the day. And I'd go talk to the the research and development guys and they freaking hated me. <laughs> yeah, I just pounding them question after question. Why can't we do this? Why not this? And but eventually what uh, what unfolded was this idea that I could create products that really fit a specific need in, in the people's health and wellness journey. Um, and so I've been doing that for a very long time and just had a, a great run. Um you know, consulting with some of the biggest companies in the sports and, and wellness industry. Um, you just just really had a fantastic opportunity to, to be involved in some of the products that a lot of people on your podcast, I'm sure, know and take. And then, uh, then that all kind of changed when I decided to start developing prenatal vitamins. And that was really one of those projects. I'm like, all right, I'll develop prenatal vitamins. I wasn't uber passionate about it. But then I found out I was going to be a father. I'm like, okay, this really means something to me. I wanted to kind of take a look at prenatal vitamins more from this personal side of things. And when I did that, I realized that prenatal vitamins, by and large, just really suck. Right. Uh, they haven't changed in the last 30 years. It's the same prenatal that my mom was taking, that my wife was taking. 
So I'm like, I got to do something about this. And so brain development, brain health, you know, really this fundamental understanding of what it takes to make sure that our brains are sharp all throughout our life became the cornerstone of all the research that I was doing. And subsequently, I ended up uh, developing the Alpha and Omega product, this brain health uh, synergistic base, which is now pretty much about 25% of the global prenatal vitamins. But we found that there were so many other applications for it outside of just prenatal, and, and that's really adult health, geriatric health, uh, you know, just really capitalizing on all of the things that we need to do day in and day out to ensure that our brains can keep up with our bodies. And, and that was also a big concern of mine as well. I was like, well, if I'm physically healthy when I'm 90, but I can't remember where I put my keys or even what my name is, what's the point? Right. Uh, conversely, if my brain is super sharp, but then, you know, yeah. my body's falling apart. What's the point of that? So, so this really became a platform for me to discuss this idea of, uh, of making sure that all the days of our lives, our mind and our body, are staying healthy. Yeah, and I, there's this like this idea that I have that I, I don't really know how to how to how to verbalize it, but it's like it's like okay, so when you're pregnant, not not that I would ever know uh, what that was like, <laughs> um, but it's like they tell you, okay, you don't drink, you're not going to smoke. You need to exercise. You need to eat this and this, the prenatal vitamins. You need to do all these things to make you healthy so your baby's healthy. Okay, so, like, aren't all those things, like, healthy? Like, if it's going to harm, like, a, a, another human growing inside of you, let's say, take that, take that out of the equation. Let's say you don't have a human growing inside of you. Isn't that still a good thing for you? Like, should, you know, like, <laughs> like, shouldn't that still be something that you try to do, you know? Well, yeah, and you just hit the nail on the head, right? These, this is the advice that we give people to birth the healthiest human being possible. And so we say don't do all of these things as in this is our recognition that this is a healthy lifestyle. But then we only say do only do this for nine months right. and you can go back to doing whatever else you want. Like where's the logic in that? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, and then like mother's just laying in the bed in the hospital after the baby's born, just smoking a cigar, and just, <laughs> oh, man. Just taking shots of Fireball. Yeah, finally over. Bring me another bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and then yeah, so then there's the whole like formula stuff, you know, that's like that that whole thing has happened in the last few years where we had this big kick on. We're we're gonna engineer some powder that's gonna do a better job of making your baby healthy than the the stuff that your body is gonna produce. And I think I think the pendulum is is starting to swing back towards where everyone kind of understands like yeah, breast milk is is probably the best option for most people. Is that do you feel like the pendulum is kind of swinging back that direction? Yeah, and it's definitely been a slow process, and I've worked a lot on some of these breast is best uh, kind of marketing campaigns, Ooh. but that's unfortunate is, is we have to call it exactly what it is, is it's a marketing campaign right. to combat all of the marketing that went into promoting formula as this yeah. healthy alternative to breastfeeding, and it was this... Really, I mean, you look at the timelines out of it, and it was the 70s, and it was women in the workplace, and it's like, oh, well, you know, you had your kid, but you got to get back into the office, so let us take care of the nutritional needs of your baby. Yeah. So you, you kind of see that commerce and, and all of these socioeconomic uh, developments over the last 50 years have been some of the driving forces in what fundamentally become very bad decisions for us as a society. Yeah. It's like, oh, here, let's give you this simulated breast milk, which in no way contains any of the things that are essential for healthy development, not just for your brain, but for your microbiome, for your gut, for your immune system. Yeah. It's like you can't simulate that in a lab. You just yeah. can't do it. It's like what, what, have, what has become of humans that we're having to market – to other humans, like drink water, 
you know? <laughs> it's like, drink water to be healthy. It's like Spaceballs, Rick. Or Evan, you may remember the movie Spaceballs. When like, uh, oh, of course. They're, they're, they're running out of air. They're trying to steal the, the planet. Yeah, yes, Perrier. Um, and he's, <laughs> they've got it in cans, you know? It's like, breathe air, everyone. Air is what you need to breathe. <laughs> oh, I told you never to call me on this wall. Um, <laughs> this is an unlisted wall. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a, such a great movie. Okay, hang on. Evan, what year did you graduate high school? Uh, 1997. Okay, so we're yeah. Rick, think about that for a Rick's 98. I'm 99. So we're kind of we're all kind of the same age here. This is fun. Um, okay, so I in your in in the info that was sent over to me, there's something because I I played high school football. I practiced college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of friends that that played football and, and went on and played at, at other levels. I have a really good friend, Rick Blake Lewis. You know Blake. He played center for our uh, Division two college, and he like never missed a snap like, his, his whole career. And like we kind of joke that he'll do stuff, and we're like, okay, that's yeah, CTE talking or something. But what is your uh, uh, experience with like the whole CTE thing? And like, what do you what do you think about all that? Or the, is the NFL like doing it right? What is it? Chronic traumatic encephalitis? Encephal- uh, yeah. What is it? Uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Encephalopathy or something. Yeah. So, what do you think about all that? You know, look, it's let's go back to nature, right? Uh, man was not meant to be bludgeoned in the head. Uh, and again, you know, we're a fight or flight type of uh, you know makeup. So, you know, if someone came at us with a club that was meant to hit us in the head, our natural instinct is to run away. Unfortunately, commerce has put us in a place where our natural instinct now is to just put on a helmet and hit back. Uh, so uh, the, the, the data is there, right? I'm, I'm kind of a scientist in that sense. It's like if we look at data points on this one, if we look at what we're doing, uh, yeah, the, the sports are, are, are a big issue. And, and it's, I have a daughter, and I'm very thankful for that because I played football. I loved it. I played you know sports. I was a boxer. But I know that those can take a, a toll on our brains. So – I love the fact that I'm not going to have to have the football conversation with her. Now, conversely, she loves soccer. And interestingly enough, the data on soccer is is almost as bad, if not worse, than football, depending yeah. on which data points you're looking at. So uh, one of the things that we cannot avoid is the potential for brain injury. So one of the things that I feel is important is to supplement appropriately so that we're taking in the nutrients that do have a – protective benefit for our brains and that really is the omega products the uh the fossil fossil lipids especially the cholines a lot of the things that we know we can take to have a impact on protecting our brains right so the uh, seinfeld has this great bit and i actually googled it and have it verbatim here and i'm going to read this so i don't like screw it up so he says there's many things that we can point to as proof that human beings are not smart the helmet is my personal favorite the fact that we had to invent the helmet now, why did we invent the helmet? Well, because we were participating in many activities that were cracking our heads. So we look at the situation. We choose not to avoid these activities. We just make a helmet like, so we can continue our head-cracking lifestyle, uh, which I think is, uh, is pretty funny. It's like the, the, the thing about you know, when you're skydiving, if your parachute doesn't open, the helmet is wearing you for protection. Um, but anyway, it's, it's yeah. We, we instead of stopping the uh, the activity, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep doing it, but make it somewhat less uh, less risky. But yeah, it's uh, funny is you actually sounded a little bit like Jerry when you were reading. That. What's the deal? What's with the deal with helmets? I mean, come on! I mean, why don't you just stop 
Jump it off the cliff. <laughs> that, was more, that turned into that turned into John Lennon. Yeah. Hey, Evan, I've got I've got a, a just a very basic uh like a, a sports nutrition y type question. I am an active man. Ooh, uh, yes, I work you out, are. You know, I try to work out about four days a week, and I play hockey once a week. Wow. Uh, I, I try to take care of myself. I try to eat, you know, mostly fruits and or mostly vegetables and some meat and you know stuff like that. I try to take care of myself. What, from like a vitamin or supplementation standpoint, should I uh, be thinking about taking? Great question, Rick. Uh, and this is one that I actually probably get. I appreciate your uh, you telling me that's a great question. Did you? (laughs) And as a healthy guy, I wanted to respond with that. You know, first with acknowledging what a great question. Words of affirmation. Yes. Here's the problem, right? We have become a society of, of catch-alls, of quick fixes, of things like that. And, and our advice is usually not predicated on, on solid data points, right? It's like, oh, my mailman gave me the best advice on the subject <laughs> that I should be taking or, you know, the internet or, or whoever. Or, you know, Frank Thomas, you know, watch, watching him on an <laughs> infomercial. It's like, oh, you got to try this new testosterone booster, right? And I'm like, dollars to peso says Frank Thomas probably doesn't take that. Yeah. My thing is when you're really looking at what you should be taking, it should be based off of what's missing. Where where are you deficient? And then the only way to do that is to really look at some data points that can kind of point to what you need to be uh, consuming. One of my favorite ones for that is uh, the microbiome test from Viome, V-I-O-M-E. And that's we, we talk a lot about the microbiome and how that's where our immune system is and where a lot of our problems reside are in the gut. So being able to basically crap in a test tube, send it away and get this whole litany of test results where it focuses on here's where you're deficient, here's what you should be eating, here are the supplements you should be taking, makes a lot more sense. Now I could sit here and say, you know, within the parameters of what you just gave me, there's a couple recommendations that I can make. But I think one of the issues within the supplement industry is just that is, is that we're making recommendations to someone who may or may not need those. And, and the problem is, yeah, if you go back 50 years and people were taking vitamin C as a supplement, it's like, great, you're a farmer in Kansas, you're not eating a lot of fruits, you're trying to prevent scurvy, here's <laughs> a vitamin C supplement. Now, some of these supplements have become so complex and have such a profound impact on our bodies that in some ways, if we shouldn't be taking them, they can do some harm. Right. So a, a lot of a healthy lifestyle, you know, what I call the four pillars of health and wellness are really just getting data points that allow you to address the underlying conditions that can be helped with supplements or with diet modifications or specific exercise. You mentioned four oh. pillars. What, are, what are, We have four pillars. What are your four pillars? You know, diet, exercise, supplementation, and what I like to call, you know, the social spiritual uh, piece. And, and a lot of that's just based off the longevity project research, you know, where we know that you know, true, true longevity, even if you have those other three, if you're not in a social setting where you're, you know, you are social, then longevity doesn't seem to exist. And, and that's a big issue, right? We've got this, the cell phone craze where everyone feels like they're connected, but they're so distant. So yes, yeah, one of the things I talk about all the time is put down the damn phone and, and have a real conversation with a real human being. Right. And I, you know, we could go, we could launch into this other uh, uh, tangent on, on that, on, on we're not, uh, we're social creatures. Our brains are designed to, you know, be in, in community and like the you know like of all the leading causes of death, uh, of the top leading causes of death, only suicide is the growing uh, cause. And you, I mean, just here recently, I mean, it's just like it's kind of getting out of control here. Um, and you have to wonder if there's some correlation, causation stuff going on 
um, with our brains aren't aren't really getting what they need from that perspective. And we're so, like you said, we we think, oh, I have two thousand Facebook friends. I am super connected. Like how many how many of those friends could you call up and ask to? I need your kidney, like right mm-hmm. now, and I need to know in eight seconds whether or not I can have your kidney. And the answer is probably zero, right? And so. Uh, I think those are the kind of friends that you need. Or like, uh, Rick, we've talked about this before, the, the Mexican uh, prison test. You're in a Mexican prison. Yeah. You, you have like one phone call to make, and this person has to answer the phone, and they have to come get you out of the prison. Who is that person? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Mark, I have a real quick question. Okay. For me? Would you give me one of your kidneys? I would, absolutely. Done. I, I would give you one of mine. Yeah, no, no question for sure. Okay, so at least got There's one. There's not very many people on planet Earth that I can say that about, but I would yeah. definitely give you one of my kidneys. Yeah, you're definitely. E- my, oh. e- Evan, I, I, I would think about giving you a kidney. I haven't met you in person, <laughs> but I feel like uh, you're trustworthy enough. I can give you one of them. Well, he I'm said he had using a, one. Right? <laughs> he said he had a daughter, so I, I have two daughters. I'd give you a kidney. Why don't we wait till our second podcast and then we can start, uh, we can start talking about kidney Be more committed will, to each that other. Will be the, that will be the next uh, topic the next time we have you on. Is, uh, you know, have you decided whether or not you're going to give me a kidney? <laughs> and if not, it'll be a short podcast. Right, right. The answer's no. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. Awesome. Hey, Evan, we're, I can't believe this. We're, we're running out of time. I want you to tell everybody about... Uh, the supplements that you've got, like where do we go? I, now, from the from the information that I got, I've got your Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Can I share all that stuff Absolutely, in our yeah. show notes? And then where else can people go um, to to find out about all this stuff? I know, like we mentioned, there there was some stuff we never even got to eggs and choline and all that stuff. Uh, we need to have you back on and talk about all that stuff. But tell everybody uh, where to find you and, and and how to how to get your stuff. You know, let's let's talk about uh, Omax Health, O-M-A-X Health.com, where you're going to see a lot of the products that I've developed. Um, a lot of the stuff that really surrounds like fish oil, cognition. Um, one of the things that I'm super stoked about, which is actually launching this week, is our CBD product. Um, and I've been, I've been spent the last two years really focusing on CBD and the science behind it and what that means, you know, the legal landscape, all of that. So some really cool stuff that we can talk about emerging science, what that means for people's health and wellness journeys with the, our understanding of the endocannabinoid system. So pretty stoked about that. Omaxhealth.com. Again, uh, in the show notes, just look me up on social if uh, any questions. You know, I'm usually fairly decent at responding to things like that, uh, cool. <laughs> depending on my travel schedule. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's me. Cool. Evan, this is, uh, Rick, we, we've been so bad about doing this lately. We asked this, uh, we question to yes. all of our like first, like hundred and something guests. And hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you get to that, okay. Evan, we typically do a thing and this is very quick where we try to guess your birthday. Oh yeah. We didn't do that. Okay? We each get two guesses. Uh, I am the only one who's done it. Who's, who's mastered the feat and you can't give us any clues. You just say yes or no. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go April first. Oh, you're going first. Seventeenth. No. Okay. Um, man, he's really good at following instructions. Um, September eighth. No. Uh, November eleventh. Ooh. No. <laughs> Martin goes. Ooh, like that. <laughs> that was a good <laughs> guess. That was a great guess. Uh, well, I, I hadn't thought of that I day. To say no, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going with Febu- I'm going with February twentieth. No. What is it? I'll give you a hint. Okay. Star Wars. 
May the 4th. Yep. It's Steve's birthday. Ah, see, why don't we guess those big ones? See, Rick's birthday is leap year. And you're May the 4th. We have another friend on April Fool's. God, we should have guessed one of those crazy days, May the 4th. Well, happy birthday of, uh, uh, a month ago. Thank you very much. Okay, so now to the question, Rick, if I may. Yes. Okay, what is one thing you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable? Oh, that's easy. That's my daughter. Um, spending time with her. Uh, you know, I, I travel usually three to four days out of the week. So being a single dad now, uh, coming home and, and getting to be with her for four days out of the week is, is just, that, that's my, my heaven, my paradise. How old is she? She just turned four. Oh, man. See, my daughters are eight and seven. My son is four. And uh, like my eight year old like has basketball day camp, and it's like one of those deals. You drop them off one o'clock, and you go pick them up at four o'clock. And I, you know, today I went and dropped her off. This was her third year, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna drop her off. I'm gonna go back to the office, you know, or do whatever. And I couldn't leave. I couldn't stop watching her. You know, I just like so like, oh, what's gonna happen next? What's she gonna do next? <laughs> and like I just sat there for three hours watching her like dribble the ball off her foot. It was awesome. Um, Cool. All right, Evan, this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. We are going to... I, I'll, I'll email you uh, whenever uh, the show goes up. It should go up on Friday unless something crazy happens, but uh, that's the plan is for us to go up on Friday. And I really do want to have you back on because I feel like we just scratched the surface. Yeah, we'd love to. Thanks a bunch, guys, for having me. This was fantastic. Awesome. Evan, thank I you so much. Fun. Take care, guys. All right, man. Bye. Thanks, that was good. That went by fast. It's already 9.05. Um, yeah, that did go by really fast. He has a thing about eggs and choline and all this stuff, and I was going to ask him about Rocky and drinking the raw eggs. But You're not supposed to do that. I, that I don't, hey, listen. That whole, like I can't watch that part of Rocky <laughs> because I'll throw up. I, I'm dead serious. I will throw up if I watch that. That's oh, that's funny. Well, see, I wouldn't. like If you put $10,000 tax-free cash right now in front of me and said six you eggs. have to – Crack one no one. one one egg into a glass. Oh, and drink you it, could, I would be like, I don't need your money. You could do that. I don't think that I could. <sighs> oh man. Speaking of gross things to swallow. <clears throat> huh. What? I was okay. on Saturday I woke up and we needed I didn't have any heavy cream for my coffee. And there were a couple other things that I needed. So I took uh the two awake children. And we went to Walmart. It's like 7 o'clock. They, they wait, they, it's summer. They wake up at 6.30 still. They don't care. They don't care about yeah. me and my sleep. So <laughs> they, I, take, I take Halen, the oldest, and my son. We go to Walmart. And, I'm, and I've had this. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I've had this like gunk. You know, the, it's not what I had a few weeks ago, but I just had this cough. You know, And I'm coughing up. Mucinex? I don't know yes. what the science is behind that, if it's going to kill me or what. It's pretty awesome. It works. Yeah, it Dude, works. you take a Mucinex, and then you just start... Mucinexing all over the place. Is that? Hmm. How's that? So, so anyway, so I take a Mucinex and we go to Walmart. Well, like halfway down the the the, the to the back of Walmart, I have this like <laughs> and this like massive thing comes up out of my lungs, right? And I've and it's like I can't. It's like so big that like you can't like talk because it's so. It's like this huge thing in your mouth. You can like you're like chewing on, right? Well, I can't like spit it out. I can't wait to hear that clip again in the uh, and remember, <laughs> by the way. Well, I it was can't. So huge. It's just in your mouth. And you can't stop <laughs> so it's like I can't just spit it on the floor at Walmart. Okay, I don't have a napkin. I, I'm wearing shorts, like basketball shorts, no pocket. I don't have anything in my pockets. I, you know, I like. I, so I'm just holding this in my mouth. I don't know what to do. There's no trash cans, just like out in Walmart. 
And so it's like, do I, like, my kids are with me. I like, what do I do? Well, I just happen to be on like the trash bag, like, like paper plate, paper cup aisle. So I like, I frantically, I looked and I found like the cheapest pack of, of styrofoam cups. And I took it. It was like a dollar 40. Took it off the thing, took one of them out, spit it into it. And then just like bought the cups. <laughs> I just like had the cup and then just when we got to a trash can, like finally I threw it, I just threw it away. I thought that was a pretty good idea. That is actually necessity <laughs> is the mother of invention. I can see that. So now we have these styrofoam cups. Jen's like, why'd you buy styrofoam cups? I was like, well, let me tell you a little story about a big mucus ball. Um, did you tell her? I did. And she was just like, okay. Ugh. And I'm sure she like rolled her eyes and yeah. was like, that's like, the Mark Rogers thing. Disgusting. Yeah. Okay, well that'll that'll do it. Um, and and uh, okay, so we got all these people. I know, like at the end of every show, like I do this, but like next week, um, we've got Carolyn Dean, who we had those technical problems with a few weeks ago. Najina Abdullah, I think I'm saying that right. And then we've got Doctor uh, Doctor Lewis Warren Cargill. We've got we've got uh, Ryan Nolan. Okay, so Ryan Nolan, <coughs> I was on his show. He interviewed me on Thursday. So I don't know when it's going to come out, but he's a, he's a, he's a dentist and he was really, we had a really good conversation. I really can't wait to have him on. It's kind of fun. What do you dentist want to talk to you about? Exactly. I floss. That's it? Just interviewing people who rush and floss? floss yeah. So that'll be fun. it would be fun to like interview somebody that like we, that has interviewed me. And so it'll be fun to kind of turn the tables. Anthony Balduzzi, we talked about him. Uh, so anyway, so we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. So Rick, that. Is going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, it's a huge thing in your mouth. You can like you're like chewing on, right? So until next time, enjoy yourself. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.